Before we start the show, just a word from our sponsor, Undeniable Press. For all your screen printing needs, located in the Corktown District of Detroit, Michigan. If you ever need any t-shirts or any other little promo accessories, posters, or whatnot printed up for you, go to Undeniable Press. They're located, once again, in the Corktown District of Detroit, Michigan. And you can uh, reach them at facebook.com slash undeniablepressdetroit. And those same guys who do Undeniable Press also have a clothing line called 20 by 20 Apparel. It's very much wrestling themed. All sorts of nostalgic themes in regards to the history of wrestling. And you can go check out their clothing line at 20x20apparel.com. That's the number 20x, the number 20, apparel.com. Now let's start the show. Fresh is the word. I'm Jim Duggan, got long wood for plenty hoes. I keep it fresher than fresh, but you already know. You suckers bummy, I'm money, I got a ton of flows. My weed loud like a motherfucking thunder roll. Your shit quiet like you ballin' on a budget though. We see your kicks and we laugh and yelling what it goes. You see me shining like a suit on puffy. You know my grind and shit is too strong, buddy. That's why the dude call money. I be stuntin' like it's nothing at all. Cause it's nothing to me, it's probably something to y'all. Trying to smoke like me, then come and fuck with your dog. Got a closet full of kicks, you can't cop it tomorrow. And I'm fresher than the freshest, you can tell it's in my essence. Bitch, you see the way I'm rapping? Yes, I do this shit to death. I tell I'm running out of breath. I tell somebody cut a check, but either way, you know it's fresh. But either way, you know it's fresh. Fresh, we fresh. Fresh, 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 fresh. fresh. goddammit, we fresh. Welcome to another Beats and Body Slams edition of Fresh is the Word. I am your host, Kay Fresh. And like always, we have a great show for you. But before we get into all that, I definitely want to remind you how you can uh, help out the podcast. If you go to freshisthepodcast.com, go ahead and share any links that you see on the page that you might like on any of your social media. That'll definitely help. There's a link at the top of the page that says support the podcast, where there's a PayPal link you can donate to. And there's also an Amazon link you can use. Uh, anytime you want to make any purchases on Amazon, use that link on the website, and they'll shoot some commission back our way. Uh, it won't change anything on your end. It'll just uh, shoot back some pennies our way. And also, you can follow Fresh is the Word on Twitter and Instagram at Fresh is the Word 1. That's Fresh is the Word, then the number 1. And then on Facebook at facebook.com slash Fresh is the Podcast. And you can also uh, subscribe to Fresh is the Word on all sorts of platforms. iTunes, SoundCloud, MixCloud, TuneIn, Google Play, just no, Stitcher. Just search Fresh is the Word and it'll pop up. And you can uh, go ahead and subscribe and it'll automatically be downloaded each week. Uh, get a a notification when it's up and uh, go ahead and subscribe to it give us a rating if you want five stars would be great and give us you know some kind words if you uh, dig in the podcast which I hope you're digging the podcast because I've been you know giving some great content each week so for this new edition of Beats and Body Slams my my guest this week is the current reigning and defending Rockstar Pro Champion and the first woman to hold this honor, Nevaeh Christ. 
uh, we get in, we get to uh, talking about you know her pro wrestling career and definitely about you know what it feels like to be a a woman in in indie wrestling and holding this uh, championship with uh, the Dayton Ohio based Rockstar Pro Wrestling, which I've attended many of their shows and it's awesome. Uh, after we did this interview, she uh, she actually came to Michigan and became the women's champion for Clash Wrestling. So she has two belts right now at the time of uh, me posting this podcast. So it's definitely cool to talk with her. And afterward, I'll be joined with my Beats and Body Slam discussion segment co-host, The Novelist, where we'll talk about things going on in New Japan, indie wrestling, among other things. So first off, let's get to the interview with Nevaeh Christ. All right, we're here with uh, Nevaeh Christ. Uh, she's currently the Rockstar Pro Wrestling World Champion. Uh, and from what I hear last night, uh, you're not only the reigning champion, but now the defending champion by uh, defeating uh, Samantha Heights. You're the first woman ever to hold this crown. Uh, you know, how, how does it feel to be in this position? Uh, this is such an honor. It's uh, something I feel like I've been working 12 years for been a long time running and not many women have been able to be the main title holder for um, you know companies that are up and on the rise because rockstar is definitely a company that's up on the rise becoming well known yeah definitely definitely like along with your uh your current rockstar pro reign you know you've had no- notable title reigns in shimmer and wsu that double wsu um, mm-hmm. and throughout the years, you know, recently, you know, women in wrestling have progressed so much and there's, you know, ha- there's been more opportunities while there's more ground to cover, you know, do you feel like there has been this significant shift for women in wrestling over the past few years? Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. For women to, um, step foot in the ring with men and be held at the same level, as them is something that is completely different from day one when I started until now. It's a completely new era for women's wrestling. It's exciting. It it just brings so much more. It's like um, we have all these same opportunities now. Right. And before, yeah, you were talking about, you know, all the time that you've uh, put in over the years as being a pro wrestler. And there's been a lot of women putting in work uh, for years now, even during you know, the lulls of the industry. And then now you see them being picked up by WWE, Stardom's picking them up, Ring of Honor's picking them up, Impact's picking them up, among other companies, you know. You know, do you feel like there's this new motivation out there for women in pro wrestling to just, you know, really give them their, give their best at, you know, every event, every show, every moment? Oh, absolutely. Absolutely, hands down. There's no... There's no greater time to be a part of it. And I just, I don't know, it's definitely, for me personally, it's extremely more motivating. I feel not necessarily pressure, but lack of a better word, I feel more pressure on me to perform to the next level now, more so than I did three or four or five years ago. Right. When you're when you're getting going into these matches, you know, where maybe like a title is involved, you know, and like, how, do, how does it feel when you hit the ring? You know, you know, what, what's going through your mind? You know, you know, what, what do you think about during those times? Um, when it's 
you're very like your title matches and your bigger companies, so to speak, there's definitely more nerves that come with it because you're given this huge opportunity and you want to capitalize on it. But for me, like I'm, you know, it's a little bit of nerves, kind of your stomach's a little bit in a knot. (laughs) But as soon as my entrance music hits, all of it goes away because I realize no matter what level I'm on, I'm not going to forget how to wrestle. Right, right, right. And I feel like uh, with Rockstar Pro specifically, I feel like everybody that's a part of that company, you know, are not only making the company great, but they're all working together to make every everyone individually better. You know, whether it's you, Jake, Chris, Sammy, Zachary, you know, everybody else, you know, everybody kind of while you know, while they're, you know, working hard to be better themselves, there's, you know, they're working together so that everybody can get more and more opportunities everywhere else, you know. Why do you think it's important that, you know, you have this sort of communal group effort to get everyone over instead of just sort of thinking about yourself? Well, to me, when it's a group effort and you you pinpoint people's strengths and weaknesses so that you can work on them, vice versa, and help them, overall it makes the show better. Better show more exposure, more notoriety gets everyone's names out there as opposed to just a few who are dominant in it. As a whole, it just helps it helps the entire company and it just helps the wrestling business because then the wrestlers that Rockstar is helping to build go on and help to build the next generation of wrestlers. So yeah. overall, I think it's just something that it takes two people, you know, well, three, if you sound for us, to have a great just standout match. Nobody wants to get in the ring with someone who isn't a good wrestler. Right. So to make to up everyone's game, just um, up the company, the exposure, and wrestling in general altogether. In comparison to the other uh, places that you've wrestled, you know what's you know what's sort of like from your perspective the energy like being a part of Rockstar Pro. For me, it's a very crazy feeling because it's my hometown. I'm born and raised in Dayton, Ohio. Yeah. And I have done, you know, I've left the country. I've done Ring of Honor. I've done Shimmer. I've done Shine. I've done all of the, you know, top independent companies in the world. But for me, my nerves are the strongest at Rockstar. For me, it's more of this is my home. This is what I need, you know, to prove to these fans that I am, you know, the best female to come out of Dayton, Ohio. So for my my energy and my mindset for Rockstar is up there, if not more, for the same as if I was working, you know, a Ring of Honor or a TNA or, you know, Shimmer. So for me, it it holds a special place. Definitely, definitely. Yeah, outside of, uh, you know, Rockstar Pro, you're you're most notably known for your time either in CZW or, you know, Shimmer and Shine. You know, what's sort of like your memories with those uh, companies? You know, what really sticks out during your time uh, working at on those at those companies? With Shimmer, um, I will say Shimmer will probably always be my absolute favorite place to go. You just get to be around so much talent. And when I came in to Shimmer, I barely barely had my hand in on the wrestling business. I was very young, and I was lucky enough to be among so much talent that during my um, first couple years in Shimmer was when I just really was able to learn and absorb and just kind of get an understanding of what it means to be a well-rounded wrestler with all of the different styles and everything that goes on. And then, of course, to be one of the first ever Shimmer Tag Champs, no one can take that away from me. 
that is something that I will always remember probably as of right now it is one of my top all-time memories for wrestling right it's right. one of the biggest honors I've ever had right when you were you know when you were in shimmer you know learning learning the business sort of uh you know was there anybody that you you really learned from uh looked up to um someone who really helped you out during that time um i think for most girls um it goes to say that you when you're at shimmer you're definitely in the time frame that i came in you were definitely looking up to sarah del rey you were definitely absorbing everything alice in danger had to say um lexi fife was another one who is very, very good for, you know, giving advice and helping you along the right way. And then I also was lucky enough to form a friendship with Rain. And Rain really helped me kind of figure out what I needed to do to separate myself. Nice, nice. Coming up, uh, I see that you, uh, and I'm really excited for this match because it looks really cool. Uh, August 4th, you know, the Catalina Wrestling Mixer, Wrestling Revolver, Rockstar Pro. It's you, Jessica Havoc, and Sienna versus the whole uh, Ohio Killers crew, uh, Dave, Jake, and uh, Sammy. Six-person tornado tag. You know, I love these intergender matches in the indie wrestling. You know, they're always so much fun. Do you like getting down with the boys uh, in these types of matches um, every once in a while? I do. It's definitely fun to mix it up because as opposed to working a man and a woman, you get to have such a different style of a match. I will say this match will probably be the biggest one to date for my career because, I mean, let's face it, Sammy, Jake, and Dave are really among the best in the world right now. So if I can get in the ring with them and even hold like a candle to the light <laughs> that they shine, then I think it'll kind of solidify, you know, the, for me, it'll solidify who I am as a wrestler. I feel like I'm a little, and then I think, you know, a lot of people do feel like they're kind of underrated because of what they've done yeah i feel like a match like this is going to really give me a chance to show what i can do right 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 so but but being in the ring with some of the best in the world i mean it'll be the nerves and the <laughs> it's gonna the match is gonna get a lot of exposure so it's gonna be you know under pressure but i'm i'm most definitely looking forward to that match and then you know to tag along beside my best friend jessica havoc and then you know sienna who you know is obviously doing well um, in the knockouts division with TNA. Right. So it's just going to be all around amazing. Right. That's going to be a hell of a tag team uh, for you, man. Like Jessica and Sienna are, you know, been all around the world and stuff, you know, and so it's going to be a fun, it's going to be a fun tag match. Oh, absolutely. How did you, uh, how did you originally break in the business? You know, how were, what was those first steps that you were able to take? Um, it was actually back in high school. I knew um, a few people who were interested in independent wrestling, and you know, they drugged me on to a few shows. And I was extremely, extremely athletic in high school as far as, like, varsity lettering my freshman year, you know, basketball, softball. I did all of it. Right. Um, for me, watching it was something completely different. It was just a different form of athleticism. And to me, it, it showcased something where you definitely had to be able to think on your feet. So, you know, being the – cocky little high schooler that I was, <laughs> um, someone was saying, oh, you know, I bet you couldn't do that, bet you couldn't do that. And I was like, you know what? I bet you I could do that. And um, I started with um, HWA and just fell in love with it instantly. It was such an adrenaline rush and such a 
full addiction. I call wrestling a sick addiction. For me, you know, we drive 10, 12, 20 hours to wrestle for 10, 15 minutes, you know, to drive that distance home, but then you turn around and do it right again. <laughs> right. It's an addiction. <laughs> <laughs> right, right, right. What sort of a kid were you growing up? You know, what sort of things did you do? You know, uh, you know, what did you do to have fun? I was every parent's dream other than my mouth. Horrible mouth. <laughs> Horrible mouth as far as, as far as talking back. Right. But I was your straight-A honor student. I'm the youngest of seven, so I came from a huge family. Straight-A honor student who everything to me that was fun was sports. Everything sports. I'm talking, I would be performing at halftime football on a dance team, a drill team, and as soon as that was over, run down to the other end of the field and play my soccer game. I was just active, go, 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 go. So, you know, all my friends were included in sports. And, and as far as, like, we, you know, we did a lot of family stuff, family vacations, that kind of stuff. But I was just your typical little tomboy who just wanted her hands up on every sport that she could. That she could. What was your favorite sport to play? Basketball. Oh, I love basketball. I played on traveling teams, um, AAU, Dayton Lady Hoop Stars. We had a lot of exposure with that. We had a stint where we did a diversity thing on the Disney Channel. We did a lot. So I was doing a lot of traveling even before <laughs> independent wrestling. Great, great. Who's your, who's your favorite basketball player at that time? Oh, you know, Michael Jordan, like everyone. Oh. Um, <laughs> but I was also a huge fan of Larry Bird. My dad was a huge fan of Larry Bird, and um, I was introduced to him young, and then John Stockton. Oh, all right. Great. Yeah. Yeah, I'm up here in Detroit, so I was always a fan of the bad boy generation. Right. <laughs> <laughs> definitely, definitely, definitely. Yeah. Also, like, a part of this, uh, another main subject of this podcast is music. You know, are you a music person? What sort of music do you like to listen to? Um, I'm a huge fan of Prince, actually. So I, <laughs> yep, I'm a huge fan of Prince and Bruno Mars, and then you know Fallout Boy, Queen, that kind of stuff. Anything with a really poppy, upbeat kind of music for me. <laughs> nice. So, oh, so you and Jake always party into Prince then? Always party into Prince. <laughs> <laughs> Were you able to lucky enough to see Prince live when he was still alive? No, unfortunately not. Oh man. Oh. Uh, yeah, that would have been something. Right, right, right. Definitely. I, I never, I never did. But I always, I always, I always sort of resolve it in my mind. Okay, I didn't get to see Prince, but like when I was a teenager, I did get to see James Brown and Little Richard at the Michigan State Fair. Nice. <laughs> so I, I used to always go to concerts with my father. I was full blown daddy's girl. So it was stuff like. Uh, the Blood, Sweat, and Tears, and Jefferson Starship, or like the 50s and 60s bands. Those were my concert goes when I was younger. <laughs> what, what was the first concert that you ever went to? Jefferson Starship. Yeah. I remember, <laughs> yeah, I just remember the song, and I remember looking at my dad just going, you like a, this group, and all they're thinking about is Dirty Dishes or something, and he just thought it was the funniest thing ever that – all I could figure out for his music at, you know, six or seven years old is, Dad, they're singing about dirty dishes. <laughs> That's all I could take away from it. I couldn't take away anything else from the concert other than, you know, really, dirty dishes? I don't understand why they're singing about those. No one likes them. <laughs> that was uh, the... my first one. <laughs> uh, that's funny. That's funny. Uh, when you kind of look back to your, you know, your whole um, wrestling career at this point, you know, you know, what? what's your favorite match? Is there a match or two that sort of sticks out in your mind? 
I got to wrestle Serena Deeb um, in a, for a New York company. And um, Serena came in around the same time as me. And I felt like we had very similar mindsets and very similar styles. And it was such a competitive match, but it was one you walked away from. Saturn and Bruce going. That was one hell of a match and one of the funnest times for me being in the ring. Definitely, definitely. At this point, you know, you know, what do you what do you hope to, you know, do in the future? You know, what's you know, what's your you know hopes and goals as a professional wrestler at this time? You know, I think it's everyone's dream to make it as far as like WWE, TNA, um, which would be you know that would be great. That would be up my alley. But as of right now, I think I'm gonna more so focus on getting overseas. I um, was only able to do it a few times, and now that my daughter's older. <laughs> It's time to continue to take away a little bit more right. and venture out. Right. Well, um, where did you wrestle overseas in the past? Um, I went to – I was in Mexico for quite a while. Yeah. Um, but I had – I unfortunately had to turn down quite a few tours when I first came in because unlike most people, you know, in the wrestling business, I came in with a daughter already. Right. So when I was getting all of these offers, I had a two- and three-year-old to take care of, and I had to turn down – so much and I wouldn't change that you know my my daughters are my world but now that it's something where that's something I really want to venture back into I had a tour lined up for England and Germany with me and Jake and then you know found out we were pregnant with our second and had to you know cancel that tour and so now it's time to jump back in full swing you know outside of you know just uh maybe having to turn down tours or whatnot uh, just maybe domestically, you know, how do you how do you deal with you know trying to be a wrestler and trying to be a mom? Um, it's it's hard because wrestling takes everything you have. You have it's a life it's a lifestyle. It's not just oh I'm a wrestler. It's a full one hundred percent committed lifestyle for someone who is you know willing to commit and wants to go far and isn't just doing it as a hobby. Um, but for me, I always always have to put my girls first hands down no matter what I don't have an option first and so that does take away from some things I would like to do in wrestling but as far as how I was raised my family values my family and my girls come first how old are your girls I have a 13 year old and an 18 month old okay all right does does the 13 year old you know like you know wrestling like that you're a wrestler what do you think about that oh yeah she loves it Especially when her friends find out that her parents are professional wrestling wrestlers, she just lights up about it. She thinks it's the coolest thing in the world to see. Right, it's cool now. And she yeah. still very much yeah <laughs> looks at it like, oh my god, my parents are awesome. Look what they can do. Look at that. <laughs> right, right. They're, yeah, it's it's cool. It's cool to have uh, parents that are wrestlers. You know, it's uh, you know, it's like having like superheroes like as as parents. Right, and I always <laughs> tease her because. We'll go to a you know a wrestling show and well can I bring this friend with me? And I'm like, well, we need to talk to their parents. You have to understand, wrestling isn't just a normal life for everybody. This is completely different. People look at it differently. So she's like, oh yeah, her home is just so normal. There's nothing out of the ordinary about her parents. You know, throwing on some spandex and jumping in a ring. Right, right, right. Have you have you had any opportunities to go to Japan yet? Yeah, that is the one I haven't. I have I have been offered Mexico. China, Australia, England, and Germany, and not Japan. Oh, I'd love so. to see you in like Stardom or Wave. Like, like I'm, I'm obsessed with Stardom right now. 
Like I, mm-hmm. I have my Stardom World uh, subscription, and I just like I'm going back and just like watching all the archives. You know, it'd be it'd be great. Like yeah, your uh, your friend Jessica Havoc's in a lot of it recently, and she's she's great. Oh, no, she it. loved it. She, yeah, it looks like it's so much. It looks so like so much fun. And you got you got like wrestlers in there that are you know that uh, sound like they're going to be uh, picked up by WWE, like uh, Kari Hojo and uh, Io, um, Io uh, Shirai. So like mm-hmm. that 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 company is really dope. So it would be dope if like you uh if you were able to uh get some matches and and start them. Oh yeah, absolutely. That is definitely something to uh, Great, great, great. Well, uh that's about it for the interview. Uh congratulations on being the Rockstar Pro champion. Good luck with all Thank of you. that. Um if anybody wants to uh check you out online, buy any merch, more information about you, where can they find you? Um, I have a pro wrestling tea store. If you just go in, type Nevaeh, my shirts will come up. My Instagram and Twitter handles are at Nevaeh, O-I-4-K. And then I also have uh, my Facebook, which is just Nevaeh Chris. Awesome, awesome. So you can hit me up on all forms of social media. Great. Uh, thanks for uh, chatting with me. Yes, thank you for having me. So that was my interview with Nevea Christ. It was great talking with her. And now joining me for the Beats and Body Slam discussion portion of the show is my co-host, pro wrestling fan, anime and comic book connoisseur, Detroit hip-hop artist, one-fourth of Clear Soil Forces, The Novelist. How you doing, bro? Yo, what up, man? Dude, um, some sad news uh, You know, earlier today as we are recording this. From the hip hop world, man, we uh, we lost uh, Prodigy uh, from Mob Deep. Oh yeah, man. Yeah, man, I know. Um, this hurts, man. This one hurts. Yeah, that sucks. Uh, I actually was talking about it earlier. Like, if I had to pick like one album that over time has got like the most play in my car, right? Since I've been like, you know however years old it would be infamous like by mob deep i probably since i got a car since i was like 16 that's probably the <laughs> album that i've played the most in my car i actually was just listening to it in my truck like a couple of days ago um i mean you know my group uh, we were we were blessed enough to play a show with uh mob deep in germany like uh, like a year and a half two years ago yeah and I never thought that'd be the you know the last time that we would cross paths with them. So um, that's definitely sad, man. That sucks. My deep influence a lot of New York sound. So it's, and then it was unexpected too, you know. So that's that sucks. Yeah, man, it's it's crazy, man. Like, yeah, the Infamous was always one of those albums that just continued to just. Stay around, stay at arm arm's length with me. It was always on any of my iPods. Um, I always yeah. have it. I had it on like every uh, format. I had it on cassette. I had it on vinyl. I was always listening to it. It just always stuck around, you know. And then as right. I kind of got older and just kind of, you know, just kind of studied it more, you just realized what a perfect album how that actually it. is and it's how sad. good. And how much it's how it was just it was just well made. It was just like holy crap! It's just like like the vivid pictures that uh, you know Prodigy oh, yeah. would you know rap and about. And, and it's got it's just a classic. It's a classic, and it's and it's a quality 
you know, street album. And it's got and it's still got those, you know, those those hip hop those good hip hop joints on there, you know, the joint with Q tip. Yeah. Um, it's just it's a it's a classic. It's a perfect it's as, it's as close as you get to a perfect album, you know, out there. Yeah, there's nothing wasted on that album. You know, everything every song, even the interludes, like even the, yeah, the interludes are they're they're perfect, you know. They fit into like mm-hmm. what they were trying to say, you know, and it was just like, and it's crazy that those like dudes were like nineteen years old. They were young, that young album. as hell, making a classic ass album. You know, making an album that was that heavy because there was nothing glorified on that album. Like, yeah, when a lot even, all even then, the street, you know, street yeah. stuff. Yeah, even then, when you know a lot of hip hop, there's always something that was glorified. Like on on any hip hop album, that one yeah. you look at it and you're like, "Yo, this is some real shit." You know, there's like they're actually right. painting some like really grim and bleak shit going on, you know, and not glorifying it in any way. And that's what that's what's made it timeless, you know. That it's and it was so, exactly it was just like to not glorify, you know, stuff. It was it just made it real as hell. You know what I'm saying? Um, it's definitely one of the best albums ever and that's probably in my top you know top top 10 favorite albums of all time yeah it's yeah it just uh it's really sad you know that uh you know prodigy passed he's like he he was so unique you know and it's just like it's it's crazy it's crazy that you know like i said they're so young and now you know he passes away at 42 you look at everything that he 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 did a lot of music, you know, in those years, you know. Yeah. And so a lot. much and so much of it is, you know, still relevant, you know. So and he was young. I mean, he was so young still. Like that's that's a lot older. That's a lot younger than you know than I than I thought they were. You know what I'm saying? Forty two is. I thought he was kind of older than that. Right. So, but they yeah, but they started mad young. Even when they you know dropped that Juvenile Hell album, man, they were like. Yeah, they were exactly. <laughs> they were kids, man. When they when they dropped that, they were like fifteen, fifteen, sixteen, right. man. So like like that's crazy. They like they started young, and was dropping these all these albums like when they were nineteen, twenty, and early twenties that were just so heavy and beyond their years, you know. So, like, yo, it's exactly. it's crazy, man. So, yeah, definitely, like you know all the you know. Thoughts and prayers go out to the you know friends and family of Prodigy. Definitely, you know, positive thoughts to Havoc. You know, that was his man's. You know, they went through yeah, a lot together. Too, so, so damn, that's crazy. Right, right. Definitely Ski Beats too, man. I know he's been with them a lot. He's their uh, tour DJ. So yeah, and I'm I'm pretty I'm cool with Ski. You know, and um, I I take them earlier. You know, I just told him. You know, I'm sorry, man. I know he's it's heavy on him too, cause he's they've been on tour like nonstop for the last few years. You know, all over the world. So, right, he's been around them a lot. Yeah, it sucks, man. Um, there's uh, before we get to, get into some other stuff. There's a uh, other sort of notable death I wanted to bring up on uh, this podcast. It was um, Chandler Biggins. He's the co-owner of AIW Wrestling. He passed away earlier oh, this wow. year. Uh, earlier this week, um, past co- um, over like maybe uh, past I day saw or that two. Too. Yeah, um, AIW. 
Oh, yeah. no, Ohio, right? Yeah, and um, he's been uh, he's been fighting with his health uh, past uh, probably a couple of months. Uh, he, he's been uh, out of the hospital, countless procedures, and um, it finally you know g- gave out. Man, he passed away uh, earlier this week. Uh, I, uh, I I've you know I've enjoyed uh, you know over the past year or two the you know AIW their events. I listen to their podcast. The card's going to change, and like Chandler Biggins is one of those like super just wrestling fans. Man, he loves wrestling, and he he just right. like, he wears that on his sleeve. You know, he's like the mark of the mark. You know, he's like those type of guys that just loves putting on these shows. You know, it's like like it's his life. You know, and he he you know he breathed, he breathed a lot of positive energy into those uh into that company into the uh to their events you know and a lot of people had a lot of great things to say about them uh so it's definitely you know a, another yeah. sad sad loss for you know the indie wrestling world cuz he was like definitely a character definitely and he was a big part of the indie scene too man i've been to AIW before um they always put on good shows so that's another yeah yeah, they, they uh, yeah they gave a lot of great opportunities to you know people that you see on the WWE programming now. Yeah, Johnny Johnny Gargano. Uh, yeah. Up in AIW, man. Yeah, that was like his home base, you know. And yeah. Um, there's yeah they gave a lot of great opportunities. They always had a lot of great uh, stories on their podcasts about people that that they've had to deal with and shit. It's re- really if if anybody wants to hear great stories about indie wrestling, check out AIW's The Card is Going to Change. It's a really fun just go back and listen to the archives, the ones with uh when Chandler was on it and uh the rest of everybody else on there. And uh they have, they have some really funny stories. Especially the the funny stories about dealing with New Jack. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I heard that dude was crazy as hell. Oh dude. Dude, <laughs> dude. I, I, I heard he was, you know, a nutcase. That basically, basically, <laughs> I'm yeah. Gonna check, I'm gonna have to check those out. Basically, yeah. The last time that me and you talked, it was uh, after the Super Juniors. Uh, Kushida won the best of the Super Junior uh, Juniors tournament, so uh, he uh, was able to get the uh, a uh, junior heavyweight title shot at Dominion, and he ended up, uh, you know, beating, uh, yeah, beating the ticking time bomb <laughs> and, uh, and getting the, uh, the IWGP junior heavyweight title. Uh, and it was definitely a dope match, man. Yeah, it was, man. And I, I, I think I said this last time, Kushida is having one of the best, I mean, it's the best year of his career easily, but... I think he's having one of the best, like, he's got to be, at the end of the year, when you talk, like, MVPs of, of wrestling, he's got to be, like, top top three, you know? Uh, he's he's having an amazing year. Like, this dude won Super Death of the Super Juniors. He won the title, the junior heavyweight title back. He's the Ring of Honor television champion right now. Like, he has, and he's had, he's had, like, a lot of good matches. Like, I know... I know the match with Osprey got five stars from Meltzer. I would have gave it five stars too. That's one of my. I think that's one of the best matches of the year. Top right. top five that for sure for me. Um, his match with um, uh, Takahashi at uh, 
Dominion, where he won the bill back, that was a good-ass match. He had a match with uh, Taguchi at, um, in the Best of Super Juniors. That was a class. Like, he had, like, probably, like, three or four matches in the tournament, in the Super Junior tournament that were, you know what I'm saying, great. Yes. Yeah. Like, he had probably, like, four or five matches that were, you know, incredible, so... He's having one of the best years. He's definitely like one of the MVPs of, of in the industry this year. Yeah, definitely. And uh, coming up uh, right now, uh, New Japan's in the uh, middle of their uh, Kazuna Road um, series of uh, shows. And uh, coming up, he's actually going to be defending his uh, junior heavyweight title against uh, Los Ingobernables de Japan's Bushi uh, on the 27th. Uh, so that should be a, a pretty uh, pretty dope match. Yeah, I I I'm a, I, I knew you already know I'm a big uh, Kushida fan. I like Bushi, but I I got kind of mad when because uh, you know the way the crowd is out there, they kind of get mad when uh, like the the baby faces do things like uh, you know how he do the straight punch and Osprey. Yeah, and uh, you know his his little punch he does and he. They don't like things like that, you know, and they kind of started booing him when he when he did it. And then I didn't like when when Bushi came out. You know, they they kind of turned on Kushida a little bit. You know, when he when he came out after the match, when he was talking, he, he spit the the mist in his face. Yeah. And they um they went nuts for Bushi, you know, and they kind of I felt like they kind of turned on Kushida real quick, and I was like, ah, oh, come on, man. See, and I, and I was I was saying this the last time, man, like. The ladies out there love, man, Los Ingobernables, man. They do. They yeah, they love them for sure. <laughs> they love them, but yeah, like uh they're that they're that heel faction that just people like really love, you know. They're they're getting Oh yeah. They're getting more of that attention that like the Bullet Club got like a couple years ago. Uh, yeah, for sure. They're getting that uh that cool heel uh you know, cheering, you know. So that's like like yeah, it's it's crazy that like Bushi does get those sort of, uh, you know, those uh get the, gets the cheers when he's doing heel shit. Right, they do, and and it's they're and especially in Japan, because they they're real. Like I said, they're real uh, partial to the way they treat you know their baby faces, and, and I would probably say Los Ingobernables are one of the some of the only heels that really get that that massive like positive uh, reception from everybody. Bullet Club kind of gets it, but not all of them. You know, right. like select select members of the Bullet Club. Like they love they like Young Bucks. They like uh you know Kenny. Yeah. Um, but you know they they don't like everybody. They like Marty. I'm yeah. not you know I told you before I'm not the biggest Marty fan. I think he's good, but. I don't know, but uh, yeah, but Los Angeles, man, they're like unanimously like loved out there. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, and at the uh, Dominion event, uh, uh, Nato went against uh, Hiroshi Tanahashi with his uh, his beat up Intercontinental oh, Title yeah. match. That bill, <laughs> that bill was trash by then, so but I'm like, glad it got out of his hands. <laughs> Yeah, Tanahashi Dude, ended up uh, like shit. And that's and that's crazy. Tanahashi like he uh he won that match with a uh a submission using the Texas Clover hold. Yeah, he made him tap, man, and he was wrenching that shit back too. <laughs> that shit was that shit was crazy, man. 
It was. He was definitely wrenching that shit back hard as hell. Yeah. As a whole, man, that uh, the Dominion event was actually... Dominion was one of the best. That was one of their best shows. You know, that might have been their best. I mean, Wrestle Kingdom was really good, but yeah. the only thing I... Like, none, nobody that I wanted to win won at Wrestle Kingdom. So I'm kind of... <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Right. So I'm kind of like, that pay-per-view, even though we got a lot of amazing matches at it, like Sheeta lost, Kenny lost, you know, just just my people didn't win. So I'm kind of feel some type of way about uh, <laughs> Wrestle Kingdom. But Dominion, you know, is more, was more, my people were winning. You know, Young Bucks won. They lost a Wrestle Kingdom too. So Dominion was like better for me and my preference. You know what's crazy so, about the uh, Young Bucks? And it like totally goes against like, you know, anybody who doesn't like the Young Bucks and like sort of is critical about them being spot monkeys and everything. That... That match against uh, Rapongi Vice, they didn't do they didn't do any super kicks right. during that whole match, and they ended up winning using a sharpshooter. Right, and 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 I, and I think obviously you know I think they did it on purpose. You know what I'm saying? But I love that though, you know, because I think I mean if you ask me, in terms of like skill, the things they do personality like the whole package i'm gonna say i'm gonna tell you that young bucks are the greatest tag team ever like you know what i'm saying and i'm a, I'm a big young bucks fan but for them to go out and win a match like that you know when, when people are so critical of them and call them spot monkeys and whatnot i think it's dope you know that they kind of can throw that in people's faces like right you know fool we want a whole we want a title match in new japan you know, not doing any super kicks. Like, you know what I'm saying? So yeah, and they and they did it in such an old school way. They uh, they they kept on working on the lower back of Rocky Romero, like throwing oh, him yeah. into the uh to the into the pole and on the apron, and then they ended up putting him in the sharpshooter and he submitted. I'm like, dude, that's such an old school like wrestling. That's such an old school build. You know, it's such a good uh, old school classic story to tell, and during the match. And I mean the Bucks are they're phenomenal athletes, man. You yeah. know what I'm saying? So again for them to, to win a match like that is I love it. Yeah, that that was just that was just I just noticed that I was like, Man, there's no super kicks. They did it in such an old school way. I'm like, yo, like I, I love when they like they tell that story in the ring and then just sort of like purposely don't go through like that that's the one thing with the young Bucks, like on some like the other nights when they can you know have a little bit more fun with the matches or whatever. Yeah, Kenny Kenny's the same way, you know. Yeah. He's he was involved in, he's involved in all those six man tags where he's kind of goofing around a little bit, but you know when it's time for him to have the the big time match, he's the dude is amazing. Yeah, and you know speaking of uh, you know Kenny Omega, the you know the the main event that night, you know the big. Uh, rematch between uh, Kenny Omega and Nakata, like, like oh my god, geez, like it, it turned out into a draw, and it was amazing. Like there was like, like holy shit, yeah. like, watching this in the build uh, and everything was so amazing. Like yeah, man, I I watched it live and um, I mean I loved the first match, yeah, but this one I think it was better. Um, I would. If, I mean, I would probably have to say that might be the best match I've ever seen in my life. I've watched a lot of wrestling. 
Right. And that match was, I mean, and it was incredible. And it's, I mean, it's easily the best 60-minute draw ever. You know, but right. when you look back at, like, I mean, I grew up, I'm not, you know, I grew up when I was a kid and I used to rent, uh, I used to rent all these old wrestling videos when I was a kid from yeah. Blockbuster, you know. So I saw, I've seen the Flair and, and Steamboat matches from, 80, you know, from 89. And yeah. it's like Okada and Kenny Omega are doing what Flair and Steamboat did, you know, in 89. In 89, these guys, Flair and Ricky the Dragon had, um, these dudes had three five-star matches against each other. Like, you know what I'm saying? Right. That's amazing. I don't think that, I'm pretty sure that's probably the only time that that's ever been done. And I mean, now you look at Omega and, and Okada, and these guys have two six, you know, six-plus-star matches with each other. Like, that shit's insane. And they might do it again, you know, when they have another match. So, right. I mean, it's it's incredible, man. It's like, the, the it's, it's got to be one of the greatest, you know. The stuff they're doing is is it's untouchable. I mean, this is the best wrestling that I've ever seen in my life, you know, from these two guys. It's got to go down as one of the greatest rivalries ever. Right, um, right. And each time I'm like, like both of these matches, I'm like, I'm sure in my head, I'm like, yeah, Kenny Omega's going to win this match. Like both Man. times. <laughs> and, and I'm like, no, he still, it like he loses the first one, then they go into a draw, and I'm like, this story is amazing. It's beyond my, it is. my ease, my thoughts. It is, man. I'm like, <laughs> and nobody like Kenny is so amazing at, he's so amazing at at telling the story in the ring like this. So the way that I, this story has been is that. Okada is just like, and this and this is why New Japan is the best promotion in the world. So yep. this story has been that you know Okada is just this unbeatable champion, right? So yep. he starts off, he's uh, he's indestructible. Kenny Omega doesn't respect him, thinks he's better. You know, Wrestle Kingdom they have an amazing match. Kenny gives him everything he has, loses, right? But he weakens him a little bit, you know. Then then Suzuki Gun comes back at New Beginning. And, and Suzuki destroys his knee, right? So yeah. he weakens him a little bit. Then he has a match with with um, uh, who did he fight after uh, after Suzuki? Was it uh, was it Shibata? Yeah, yeah. He fights. Then he fights uh, Shibata, and Shibata almost kills him, right? And then now he's a little bit weaker again after that. You know, now he's got now he's got Kenny. Kenny gets to fight him when he's been weakened. All this he's been weakened so much that he should be able to beat him. But now instead of losing, he still doesn't beat him. It's a draw. You know what I'm saying? And Kenny gives him everything again, and it's a draw. So now, so now the story should be that Kenny gets him again when he's finally been beaten to the point where he can be beaten, and Kenny beats him, right? Now the thing that I'm worried about is that Cody Rhodes sneaks in after he's been weakened to his final point by Kenny at Dominion. You know what I'm saying? Right. And then Cody swoops in, wins the belt. You know, that would, Ooh. that would, that would, it would, it would be a dope story because now, because now you got Cody coming out who came out to throw the towel in, you yeah. know, and it, and it, and you can kind of do, you know, Kenny versus Cody. And now you got like the elite beefing, like splitting up beefing with the Bullet Club, which I think would be cool, but I really don't want anybody to beat Okada except Kenny. Oh, definitely. You know what I'm saying? 
Definitely. Like and nobody we, deserves to beat him except except Kenny. Definitely. Nobody. And one of the most like poignant parts of uh, this last uh, match between them was that moment when Okada was going for the Rainmaker and Kenny just. Oh man! Just and he falls just collapsed over. from. Yeah. <laughs> that was one of the best. That's one of the best things I've ever seen in wrestling. Like he dodged, he dodged the rainmaker off of just being completely exhausted, and he just like passes out. That shit, right? That was amazing. I saw that. I'm like, oh, I'm like, dude, that dude. <laughs> and he's, like, Kenny does so many things that like he does. He just does a lot of stuff better than anybody that I've ever seen. Like. Little stuff like I love when he does the, you know, he does the uh, the front flip, uh, fireman's carry, and then he does the moonsault. Yeah. And and before he does it, he, he's like, he's like, you cannot escape. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> like he's always in, in character, like all the time. And even, even Smosh, like you remember the first match at Wrestle Kingdom, he did the, he killed Okada with that that dragon suplex off the top rope. Yeah. And it's like. They never did it this time, but he teased it the first time, and he didn't really get a reaction for it, right? So then he kind of puts it off a little bit. Then he, like, exaggerates the hell out of it, you know? Like, he's, like, yanking his arms back. Like, he's really about to do it this time, and then the crowd, like, starts freaking out. You know what I'm saying? Like, little little stuff like that. Like, he's just – dude just gets it. He just – he's an amazing wrestler, man. Right, man. Yeah, he's he's really – he's really a master of details and even, even outside of these matches when he's just like in these other matches where he's being kind of goofy and stuff with things like you see these little things that are just very entertaining or just the speed in the ring or there's so many like little things that he's just, he's able to just use to, to make these, these, these matches so good, you know, whether it is something that's important or just something for entertainment. Right. Man, it's crazy, man. So yeah, I'm like super. I'm super psyched to see where, like, this goes next. You know, because it's like we we have, we're in the middle of this like great crazy story, man. And it's like yeah, this this, this has spoils been one us, of the best man. Years for New Japan. Yeah, this it spoils us, man. It's hard to watch other wrestling after you watch some shit like this. Man, I was just telling my girl that the other day. Like, it's you know, I'll give I'm. <laughs> I just seen Dominion, and then it's like I'm getting ready to watch Monday Night Raw, and I'm like, man, I don't even want to watch this shit. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> right. Like, I, I can't even watch this shit after watching that, you know? And it's and it's like in New Japan, the, the not only are the matches, you know, incredible, but the booking is so on point all the time. You know, it's not predictable. You get it, but you get it, though. You know what I'm saying? Right. Like, Somebody you want to win might not win, but you'll get why they didn't win. You know what I'm saying? Or you'll get why the other person won. Like, if the booking isn't predictable, but it still makes sense. You watch the WWE, the person you want to win won't win, but then you'll be like, well, well then why the hell did, did he not win? Like, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> like, this shit doesn't make any sense. Like, it's the WWE's booking sucks, and it's like you – you watch New Japan, you don't get mad when the person... You watch WWE, you get pissed off when the person that you wanted to win loses because it just... It does just shitty booking. You watch New Japan, 
person you wanted to win loses, but you get it. You know what I'm saying? Like I'm a, I love. I'm a huge Kenny Omega fan. When he lost at Wrestle Kingdom, I, I got it. You know what I'm saying? I understood. So I wasn't mad. He has a draw at Dominion. The match was incredible. I wasn't mad because I get it. I wanted Shibata to beat Okada at um, Soccer Genesis. You know? Yeah. I wasn't mad when he lost though. You know what I'm saying? And it's like because I get it. You know? But it's like AJ loses the title to John Cena at Royal Rumble. Fucking why? So Cena <laughs> can have his. So he can have his 16th title and then lose this shit again and then have Bray Wyatt lose this shit again and then have Randy Orton lose this shit. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's, this shit didn't make any sense. Like, he shouldn't have lost the belt. And, and now he's in a damn WrestleMania match with his general manager from fucking SmackDown. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, their booking makes no sense. Right, right, right. Have you seen, um, have you seen the, the details for the upcoming uh, New Japan... Uh, G1 special here in the U.S. I did, man, and I am praying that we get a Jay Lethal versus Kenny Omega match. I'm like <laughs> praying for that shit. I want. I'm a Kenny Omega fan, but I want. I want Kenny to win any belt, but the. I want him to be the, the champ. You know what I'm saying? So right. he's in the tournament. I and and it's. It wouldn't even be the final match, I believe, the way the bracket is set up. I think they would meet in the second round if they do fight each other. So, yeah, I think so. I want Jay Lethal to win it because I want him to wrestle in Japan more. Um, but if we get him, Kenny Omega versus Jay Lethal, that would be that would be the shit. Yeah, and it looks like that uh, that first night they're yeah they're gonna do a uh, Okada versus Cody match for the title. Yeah, and Cody's also got a. Yeah, I told you, man. I'm scared, man. I don't want him to win that shit because he's got a, a Ring of Honor title match coming up too, you know. And I believe if he were to win, he would be like the first person ever to have both of those belts at the same time. So I really don't want him to win this. Right, right, right. Yeah, that's uh, yeah. There's a lot of interesting things that could happen with this uh, this G1 uh, special come to uh, to California. Yeah, and it's crazy that... Yeah, uh, man, I this... wish I could go to that shit. Right. Because, uh, yeah, and this would be, like, the first time that we... Uh, Kenny's been in the yeah. in States but in I don't a while. Think Kenny is, like, never in the States either, so... Right. <laughs> and it's funny, though. On the second night, they're actually going to be doing an Intercontinental title match between uh, Tanahashi and Badass Billy Gunn. Oh, I know. That's <laughs> such a random... That's such a random... <laughs> <laughs> I see that on there. That's super random. What, but uh, well, they both gonna have like they they should both have like a uh, an air guitar contest, you know, or they should uh, or whatever. That would be funny. <laughs> that would be funny. Yeah. yeah, and it looks like they're and gonna then, be um, that second night. Who else be, is in it? Um, I know Saber Junior's in it, right? Yes, the uh, the first night. The let's see what the this is the match breakdowns for the uh, first night. Uh, for the U.S. heavyweight title, um, you got Juice Robinson versus Zack Saber Jr. Uh, he he's grown. He's grown on me too. Juice is Juice can get down, man. Yeah, like he's him. his uh his experience here uh, out in Japan has been really good for him. He was um because at one time he was in uh, NXT. he was in WWE, wasn't he? Yeah, he was in NXT as uh. Okay, he, yeah, he's in NXT for a minute. Yeah, he was under the name C.J. Parker, I believe, and. Um, he actually trained with um over here in Michigan with um 
oh, wow. at the House of Truth with uh, Truth Martini. So okay. uh, yeah, so he was trained by him. So um, but um, yeah, going to Japan, being part of New Japan has been really great for uh, Juice Robinson, and he's been uh, he's been getting better and better. It's been pretty awesome. Um, also for the uh, for the for the quarterfinal match uh, for the U.S. heavyweight title, uh, Jay Lethal versus Hangman Page. And then, he's a good wrestler too, man. Uh, he does that damn that that damn uh, shooting star off the apron yeah. all the time, and that shit is like amazing. Yeah, and then we also have uh, Tomohiro Ishii versus uh, Nato, and also uh, Michael Elgin versus Kenny Omega. Yeah, you already know that's gonna be a good ass match. Oh, that's gonna that's gonna be fire, man! Oh man, it's gonna be a good ass match, man. That's gonna be yeah. Elgin is Elgin's another dude who I really like. Um, he's a he's incredible too. He's fucking strong as hell. Right, I've every, seen him live a, a bunch of times. Oh, and every yeah. time I see him, he's amazing. Every every match I've seen Michael Elgin, you know, at, where I'm actually at the event, man, I'm just amazed. Like. Uh, um, I think that you... deadlift, like Falcon Arrow, that he does <laughs> off the off the top rope, like that shit is incredible. Yeah, you um, you were um, I think at the AAW show that I ran into you. Uh, yeah, he last was. Uh, he wrestled um, Cedric Alexander. Yeah, that match was amazing, dude. Bro. That was one of my favorite matches all year. Oh, the year, yeah, I had that on my like top fifty. Matches I was like, year. I was so amazed to see that live, man. I was just like, holy! But like every time I see Michael Elgin, it's like. He, man, he, he, he is such a great worker in the ring, no matter who he's. He's one of those guys that can make whoever he's working with look better. He, he oh, yeah. He had, a, um, he had a real good match with Naito earlier uh, this year. Yeah. I think uh, it was Meltzer gave that shit five stars, too. I thought it was a really good match. Uh, I don't know if I would say five stars, but it was, it was definitely like I remember watching it. Like, damn, this is actually like one of the best matches of the year. Right. You know what I'm saying? And it was unexpected too. I did not think I didn't expect it to be that good, but it was like a really good match. Right. They um, New Japan also uh, just announced that for uh, this year's uh, G1 Climax that uh, um, Bushi. Yeah, Bushi's coming back. You know to. Uh, to New Japan to be a part of that, and also Zack Saber Jr. is going to be a part of it, also. So that's going to I be. I love them. I love that. That's going to be. I wonder who's going to win that. I want. I mean, naturally, I would want Kenny to win. So he would. Uh, but you know, I really like how they they have to defend the the briefcase. You know. Yes, so, I love I mean, that. <laughs> I wish WWE would do that with the Money in the Bank briefcase. Yes, but, um, that, that, I've been yeah I've been saying that ever since I like, I started watching New Japan. I was like, dude, why don't they do that for the Money in the Bank briefcase, man? Right, like it would be so much better if they just did that with the Money in the Bank briefcase. Like the other year when uh when Sheamus had the briefcase and he had it forever, I was just like, man. I was so like just so annoyed by all the teases of it and everything. I was like, Dude, yeah, why don't they just let? Gets, it, <sighs> if the right person doesn't have it, it gets like annoying. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So it would be great if they they actually had to defend it, like they like they do with the uh, the winner of the the contract from the G1 uh, climax. So I'm like, dude, right. I wish they would do that in WWE. That would be fucking awesome, man. It would. So I mean, even if Kenny doesn't win it, I would like to see him. 
win it the contract at some point, you know? That would be cool. Because I actually, honestly, for Kota Ibushi to come back, I would love for him to win that shit. You know, he's been wrestling as Tiger Mask, you know, W. Yeah. So he can, he still, he still gets down, you know. So I would, I would love to see him, you know, return and win that shit. And then, you know, come on, man, a Kenny Omega versus Bushi for the for the contract, that would be fucking awesome. You know, oh yeah, used to be best friends and shit. That would be a good story. Yeah, man. Yeah, like uh, that would be so perfect given their history and everything, man. Like all these years, man, just culminate again with them going against each other. Man, I w- I'd love to see that. So definitely excited for uh, for this year's uh, G1 Climax. A lot, lot, lot of good stuff going on in uh, New Japan. I'm excited. Wait, one one other person. Okay, I gotta find. I gotta find what this guy's name is. But it's one of the um. Did you see like it's one of those uh the, the young lions that uh that they have earlier in the matches. Uh, did you see the big? Oh, okay. Do you see the big dude that has the uh the the vampire fangs? I did not. I didn't see that. I I gotta find this guy's name, man. He's he's awesome, man. I'm like, this guy needs to be. Oh shit! I didn't see it. Yeah. Oh, his name's Katsui uh, Katsui uh Katamira. This guy is awesome. Okay. He's like a big dude. Like he's like super muscular, but he has these like um like vampire fangs. <laughs> like, oh yeah, I gotta check that out. <laughs> that dude, I can't wait to. Like, I I hope he like gets better, gets green and everything and cuz that that dude can be like like a cool ass dude, man. I'm going to have to check it out. <laughs> he yeah, he's pretty awesome, man. All right, before we uh we you know wrap up uh this week this uh, edition of the podcast, uh I always like to ask you, you know, what you're uh, checking out in the world of, you know, both anime and comic books. Hey, yeah, man, I think the last time you asked me, uh, nothing's changed, man. I, I've just been really messing with uh, My Hero Academia. Um, I actually, I had to, um, I was really just watching the anime mostly, but the anime is kind of, it's moving too slow for me, and I'm super into it, so I started reading the manga, and that's, that is the best, that's like the best anime manga that I've you know, mess with in like a long time. So people really need to check that out. And uh, which one was it again? The, uh, you said what? Which one was it again? It's a uh, My Hero Academia. Okay. It's uh, the new shonen. It's the new, uh, you know, the new big shonen anime, and uh, it's 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 it is it's real sweet, man. It's like one of my. It's already one of my favorite, you know, shows that I've you know watched. So that. Uh, still messing with the Iron Fist, uh, the Iron Fist series that's out right now. It's I really the reason I like it so much is because it just it's got that classic kung fu uh, element to it, man. You know the going to the the mystical island for the for the tournament. You know it's got that game of death Bruce Lee feel to it. So that's that's dope. Um, and uh, you know still reading the Darth Maul story too. Uh, the Darth Maul series that's out right now. So still messing with the same stuff. Right. Yeah. I um over this past weekend, I just like bought like so many different comic books. Uh, cause I went out to Grand Rapids uh 
for a show and I ended up st- stopping at uh, Vault of Midnight. Vault of Midnight, yeah, that's a good, <laughs> that's a real good uh, comic book store. Yeah, and I found a few things. There's this one I bought, um, it's called Stained. And um, I'm okay. st- I'm still not understanding what the like the total story is because it's like the first issue, but it's basically about this woman who's like a um, she's like a headhunter, and she goes like uh, captures these criminals for the police and everything. She gets paid to do it. Um, oh, okay. But there's some she she's, but it's it sounds like she's in this sort of society where she's almost like part. She might be like a cyborg or something. I'm not like I don't know what her thing is because she kind of looks like a cyborg, or so I'm. I'm still need to like research what that exactly oh, is. Okay. But, but the first issue. And you said cool. what's it called? Stained. Yeah, okay. Yeah, it's it's on a uh, one the independents. I um looks like um. The dark horse. No, uh, four fifty one puts it out. Okay. Yeah. Uh. Then I bought a ton of stuff like online from uh, from Zenoscope, all the grim fairy tale shit and everything. So I got oh, a yeah. bunch of those. <laughs> I just love getting those. Um, right. And uh, I uh, picked up this. Uh, there's this new this new series of uh, Love and Rockets that's out. Uh, that they're doing. So I need to check that out. See what that's about. But I got like this whole p- pile. Of, I'm like I need to start reading them and everything. They keep on buying more and shit. <laughs> right. Yeah, but that's what... I yeah. do that all the time, man. You know, <laughs> you just buy stuff and you don't get around to it. Right. I got, I got all these different things. I, Yo, there's this one thing I need to check out, too. Have you seen the um, the Marvel Divas? Uh, oh, no. Comic book? Yeah, it's called Marvel uh-huh. Divas. I bought, like... Like, I bought the whole pack of uh, all four issues... Um, and it's, it's like, it's, it's like all these women, uh, like superhero, uh, um, there's like four of them and it looks like they're all like, I gotta, I gotta look into them, but it looks like they're all black characters also. Okay. So that looked cool to me. So I was just like, all right, I'm gonna pick that up and try and look, you know, check it out. looks yeah, really dope. It's called, yeah, Marvel Divas, you know, so. Yeah. All right. I need to check that out. I need to read those and see if that's cool and everything. But um, yeah. Besides that, I'm not. I haven't really checked out any of the um any any anime or mangas lately. So uh, um, I've been a little slacking on that lately. I got so much stuff to read though in regards to comic books that I'm kind of yeah <laughs> right there. Definitely right now. <laughs> mess with the My Hero Academia, man. I mean, I'm a big you know fan of you know Naruto and Hunter X Hunter and uh, you know, Dragon Ball, those shows, and, and this kind of has that same, kind of has the same, it's way different, though, like, it's nothing, the plot isn't anything, like, you know, those kind of shows, but it just, you know, the, the characters, the main characters, they have that, he's got that, you know, that classic shonen, uh, shonen main character, so, that's dope, man. Yeah, definitely, definitely. All right, that's about it for uh, this week's uh, this episode of Fresh is the Word. Uh, Novelist, where can people find you online? Yo, um, you can follow me on Twitter, man, at the Novelist T H E N O V E L I S S. Follow me on Facebook, um, just uh, at Novelist N O V E L I S S. 
you can get all my music, man. Um, I just put out a new EP, Dilla Instinct. It's free. You can download it, uh, novelist.bandcamp.com. And, uh, you know, follow me on Instagram at uh, novelistcsf. And uh, follow my group, man, on Twitter, Clear Soul Forces. Everything is at Clear Soul Forces, all our social media. So uh, follow us, man. You know, check our music out. Check my music out. And uh, peace. All right, great. Thanks for listening. See you next time. All right, bro. Fresh, 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 fresh is the word.